Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with Miss Anna Kelly. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. Good to be here with you as always. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to give you a special shout out for video number one today. It was a heady topic. I do think a lot of people should listen to it two or three times. Uh, there was so much in that that, uh, you know, I may have to go back and watch and I've been doing this a long time. So so a lot of folks should rewatch that. But now we're here in video number two. We've talked about opportunity costs. We've talked about, uh, you know, adjusting for risk. And, you know, shortly after we spoke last week, the Fed did what we both call they gave us the 75, which is, which was a non-event, but then the dot plot higher, faster, longer, which caused obviously the stock market because it reacts the fastest to adjust. But we play in real estate and cost of capital and raising money and cap rates. There are going to be long ripple effects of this in commercial, in residential. Yes. What are kind of your takeaways? Cause you know, it's, 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 uh, it's going to have an impact. Absolutely. You know, we talked about in video number one, essentially, you know, how interest rates impact valuation of properties. And so there's this concept of risk-free rate of return, which essentially as the Fed raises interest rates significantly, they're basically overturning over a decade of the low interest rate environment. And most investments done in the last 10 years are really dependent on variable debt. And that's what I think is really important for people to understand is that if you're investing in single family houses and you've done what we've told you to and got 30-year fixed rates, you're going to be much more immune to huge fallout you know, for what's happening. But if you invest in businesses, if you have a business, if you invest in commercial real estate and you have variable rate debt, um, like many of us do, I have mostly variable rate debt, right? All of a sudden, we've built our valuation and our dependency on this low rate debt that says, hey, when my loan re renews its rate in five years, I'm going to be able to roll it into a rate very similarly to what it's been. Well, suddenly that rate might reset from four or five to eight or nine or higher in commercial. And suddenly what happens is throughout the entire economy, you are unable to service your debt because you assumed that your debt would be low and that your income would always be enough to cover that. So number one, it's gonna cause a mass liquidity um, crisis, I believe throughout. And this is part of why the stock market's panicking because many of these corporations also have variable rate debt. They were anticipating being able to ro roll it at low rates and continue to invest in financial product engineering versus production to make them more money than production does. And they know that they're going to have a, a big problem. The markets have depended on the Fed pivoting quickly, getting inflation down, 
quickly reversing course and bringing back low interest rates within the next couple of years. Powell basically completely squashed that dream and said, listen, we're raising rates, not just to neutral, but we're going to make them restrictive. And we'll probably keep them there till early 2025. Well, two and a half years is a lot longer than the six or nine months they were hoping for to give them time to refinance into a rate that they can easily service even if their income comes down because of a looming recession. So that's really what's happening. And it's no one is immune that has variable debt. You know, I think there's a couple of things that, and again, it goes back to you and I were warning. I bet if people went back to your playlist, you would see the first warning either six or nine months ago about some risky behavior we were seeing in the multifamily uh, space, the big stuff. And that was essentially repeats of what we called the single family crash. There was horrible debt structures. We're talking, you know, Dave Ramsey blew up back in the day because he had 90 day debt. That's yeah. essentially why he, he was flipping. He, he, had, he was worth a million bucks, short term debt, got him. Uh, we have syndicators now that sometimes have one year bridge debt. Uh, with And what's going to get a lot of people is the last 90 days rates went up. I mean, shoot, the 10 year note went from 372 yesterday or Monday to 4% Tuesday afternoon. Right. That doesn't happen except when Powell comes out and says, I'm Volcker 2.0, I'm in charge <laughs> and everybody's repricing everything. Yes. There are, there's a lot, there's a lot of pain coming with variable rate debt. And unfortunately there's a lot of short-term variable rate debt. We're talking sub 12 months. Yes. And then there's the five sevens, tens, which you can plan for. Right. But I promise you there's been deals done this year with one year IO Absolutely. I, it's I just don't know. Debt, short-term debt that relied on debt rates staying low is really what's going to cause a lot of people to go into bankruptcy. And quite frankly, companies as well that didn't listen and didn't believe that the Fed would, would stay aggressive for very long. And so, you know, I expect more pain in the stock market. I expect, expect more pain in commercial real estate. Um, and for those of you that didn't listen to Michael and I back in November, when we said refinance everything you have, lock in for another five years, right? So the doom and gloom part is that, you know, things are rapidly changing and it's going to cause pain. But as investors who think long-term, right, we're not buying properties for a year or two. We're not flipping. We're not advocating that unless you're extremely experienced in the right markets. And even then it's risky, right? We're looking at long-term investments. And so I am excited, although it pains me to know what people are going to go through, people losing their retirement accounts, people losing jobs, um, people losing properties. It pains me. We've been through it, right? Um, and, and it doesn't seem that long ago. But at the same time, for those of us that are ready and are prepared and have liquidity or potential partners or private lenders or creative financing tools in our tool belt, we may have the opportunity to buy properties much cheaper than what we've seen before. And it's not just, oh, by the way, interest rates went up, so housing values might come down. It's all of those um, buyers who are going to become motivated sellers who unfortunately didn't see the warning signs or didn't act on them, and they have debt that they have to refinance at much higher rates, which what does that do, Michael? It raises their debt coverage payments even more. So if they were already going to be struggling 
Um, if if their rates doubling, which it is in most cases, you know, throughout commercial real estate um, and and commercial loans, you know, for businesses, your debt service payments could jump 50, 60 percent. And if your income doesn't go up accordingly, you can be in trouble. So there's tremendous opportunity ahead. And I am excited about that. Um, but interest rates impact way more than just, oh, the rate is here. What's the big deal? It was there for a long time. Yeah, there was some, again, it's there's there's a couple of things, again, that the 08 residential crash, it just always felt like, and thankfully we have videos that talk about it was going on in the commercial space, yeah. just unrealistic assumptions. We, we're talking three standard deviation moves on rent increases, occupancy, you know, all of these things. And record low cap rates. Again, I'm on record saying I lost half a million dollars because I sold a C-class property in 2019. I thought we were headed into a recession. So yeah, I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I sold and lo and behold, a pandemic happened. And the person that bought it for me, it's not, the, the asset's been sold twice since I sold in 19. And net, net half a million bucks I missed out because I didn't hold. I still think it was the right move given the data I had at the time. Yes. Uh, but to your point about last November, I spent about six months refining all of my arms, which mainly is on the commercial side, including office and apartments into 30 year non-QM debt sub four. Wow. I think I'm, you know, I I'm okay. Now that was expensive and you know, a lot of fees and all of that, but I'm, I'm sitting here right now with 30 year fixed rate debt on apartments and and offices at 3.99, which is lower than the treasury. So, you know, sometimes that's, what's going to make you successful is you're able to lock in new debt that keeps your cost of debt low. So whatever happens with you know, with the economy and interest rates, you can weather and ride several years at that very low debt coverage. And so that's why I really like long-term debt and, and you too, that's why we're long-term investors. So, yeah. you know, I, I always try to have kind of a blend of, yes, I syndicate apartment buildings. Yes, those usually have a, a longer, a shorter hold period, right? Um, and that's why so many people use bridge debt. But essentially, you know, the, the good thing is history shows us that after a couple years of pain, the Fed has no choice or no other tool in their tool belt, but to lower rates again. So if you can get through kind of the liquidity crisis over the next couple of years, yeah. you know, on the other side of this is, is cap rates coming back down, values going back up. But a lot of people, unfortunately, because of their debt structure, are not going to be able to hold. And that's where we hope that we can be good people. We can help them out of their situation, not take advantage of them, but take advantage of the fact that they they are in, a, in an economy that, that's going to make them have to sell or go you know, bankrupt. We can at least help them sell it, save them from bankruptcies, you know, be good to them while we're also getting a great opportunity that if we hold it long term can probably still do really well. No, I'm still a huge believer. Obviously, I'm not changing my main focus from real estate, long-term landlording, all of those things. Uh, and again, I don't know that we talked about this because um, I think I went to Fresno two Thursdays ago. And one of my meetings with was with a commercial bank, uh, community bank, community bank, sorry, commu- yeah. small. I think they have three branches, so small. Uh, one of their loans, I have one of my loans there. And, um, you know, after we did our thing and we gave them our PFS and our tax returns, which they need every year, right? That was that was a sit down meeting because we haven't met them in a while. Sure. They, um, he, he said, hey, you've been doing this a while. I, I could see this, blah, blah, blah. I watch your YouTube channel, which is kind of cool. Uh, and he goes, I want to show you something. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to get my book, 
so I'll autograph it, which which <laughs> thankfully happens a lot. That is so fun. I like to geek out and autograph my book. Oh, yeah. uh, but he actually brings me a manila folder. And he goes, this is our loan book as of today. My bank president just told me yesterday, I can't renew 50% of these. Wow. 50%. And he's a commercial lender. So all he does is multifamily. It's, it's like five to, I think, I, I don't know, their biggest loans, probably eight or nine million bucks. So not gigantic, but it's a big portion of the bank's um, loan book. And he's like, I only can renew 50% of these. So I'm looking at that going, oh no. So half of those borrowers either have to refi somewhere else, possible. Yes. Have to sell. Or, you know, I mean, the other options, they could pay cash and just pay it off. But I'm right. like, wow, if this one little bank is doing this, who else? And, and kind of closing topic, I just want to remind people about there's a real estate market and there's a lending market. Most of you don't yes. look at the lending market. Lenders get scared just like everybody else. And if your bank tells you I only can renew 50% of their loan book, yes, oh, that's a nervous bank. Yeah. And Michael, we talked about this before. You know, I, I remember specifically back in, in October, November saying, listen, if we hit high inflation and the Fed starts raising rates and the housing market comes down, housing might be plentiful. Motivated sellers might be plentiful, but your banks are going to freeze up just like they did in 2009 and 2010. They're going to lower their LTV that they're willing to lend you they're going to raise their credit standards. They're going to raise the debt service coverage ratio that your income has to cover on the debt. And the other thing that a lot of people don't realize that go to small banks that keep their house, you know, their portfolio in house is that essentially they're looking at your financials every year and they're looking to see, are you maintaining our current debt coverage service ratio requirements? And is the LTV, do we think it's the same today that it was or better when you bought that property? If they think that values are coming down 20% because the headlines are constantly saying coming down 20 to 30%, they may be making that decision, Michael, even though they didn't go into details with you by saying, hey, these 50% of our loans, we think the LTV is no longer 75% or we think their debt coverage ratio isn't there or there were rent controls and they can't raise their rents and taxes went up, right? So they're looking at you year after year after year when you're in a commercial loan, which they don't do when you have 30-year fixed debt. So it again, it comes back to the risk is there with commercial lending, business lending, because they're constantly looking at the changing market and saying, we have to de-risk our portfolio, which makes it such that if the value of your property has come down, right? If your debt, when you refi, has to go way up and your current bank won't modify, you know, somewhere in between, suddenly you have no option but to sell or to find another bank to refi and potentially do that at a much higher rate, which raises your cost of debt, lowers your net income, and potentially wipes out, you know, your return. So you have to be planning for these things, watching market cycles a year in advance like you and I did. And if you haven't done it yet, it's still better to do something now than let things reset You know, six months or a year from now when rates could still be potentially high. You just have to take some risk off the table right now. Yeah, kind of trying to close on a positive note, kind of like you were saying, I think macro, we are both good people and we feel for the folks that are going through this that didn't prepare or weren't aware. Uh, but at the micro level, I'm more excited than I've been any year except maybe 2010, uh, which yeah. was an amazing year. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Anna, where can people find you? 
Right. You can find me on social media, Anna Kelly, REI Mom, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. You can find me at my website, reimom.com, and here every week on Wednesdays. Thank you so much.